2019, it was $7 billion, the revenue from visitors. So what did that look like in 2020? Well, you've heard of Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Good and Grounded podcast. As many of you know, this is a project that our team at Ground Floor Media and Center Table created as a way to shed light on the biggest issues and needs in our Colorado community, really around the pandemic. I'm Laura Love, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Licko. Thanks, Laura. Today, we're joined by a man that makes so many things happen around our great city, uh, and, and many people probably have no idea of the magnitude of his responsibilities, frankly. Um, and rather than spending too much time listing all of his accomplishments and everything that he has his hands in around the city of Denver, um, we thought we'd let him get to some of that in his own words in our interview here. But Richard Scharf, president and CEO of Visit Denver, is with us today. Thank you for joining us, Richard. Happy to be here. So you've been at the helm of Visit Denver for quite a while now. Will you share a bit about your background and journey that brought you from the East Coast West? You bet. Well, after I graduated from Purdue uh, in the uh, mid 80s, uh, anybody who was around that time knows there was a little bit of a recession going on. So decided uh, that the uh, engineering piece wasn't gonna happen right away. And I actually took a job in Chicago with Hilton Hotels. And I'm one of those people who uh, transferred out here. I was only supposed to be here for about six months. And I'm one of those who never left, <laughs> like I think many of us. And um, I worked for the uh, hotel industry for a little bit. And then I went over to the Convention and Visitors Bureau. And at that time, I really got an understanding of selling the entire destination. Uh, a, a couple of years there, I started a small company. And a few years later, I sold that company and came back with the Convention and Visitors Bureau Visit Denver, and I've been here ever since. So it's, it's been a fun run. Um, for those who aren't familiar with, with Visit Denver itself as an entity, um, explain to us what it is and, and what kind of impact your organization has on our local economy. You bet. I think, um, you know, Laura said it best, you know, we sometimes don't know, um, you know, everything that we're involved in. But Visit Denver is actually 112 years old. Uh, we started in 1909, a year after Denver hosted the Democratic National Convention. And of course, many of you remember 100 years later, we hosted the 2008 <laughs> Um, but at that time, we were we were formed really because the city fathers at the time said, you know, how do we bring people in, spend money, pay tax that pay taxes, and then leave? What a great, great what a great piece for the economy. So we were formed back then. We are actually a 501c6 um, uh, not for profit trade association. We sign a contract with the city uh, to be their official marketing arm, and our mission really is to bring conventions and and visitors here. Uh, for the economic well-being of our community uh, and our members and in the city. So that's what we that's our primary uh, mission. And to give you an idea of the magnitude in 2019, of course, pre-COVID, uh, we had uh, 31 million visitors coming to Denver. 17 million of those were overnight and they uh, spent seven billion dollars. But the piece I always like to tell um, th those who live here in our great city, uh, visitors pay taxes that we don't have to pay. And in fact, if, if you're in, living in uh, Denver metro area, you'd have to pay about uh, $600 more a year in taxes to offset what the visitor pays. Yeah, I think I, in the last 18 months, I don't think I read a news article about our downtown or about our visitors without reading a quote from you. 
<laughs> so I'm sure that I can't even imagine what your life was like during the pandemic, but can you take us back just to March of that year and how everything shut down and what you did? Yeah, I think I think what's on record is really true is our industry was disproportionately harmed. And I think you saw that across the country. We actually started out with a very robust January. Uh, we had the outdoor retailer show in town. We had a very robust February. And then all of a sudden our first group had to cancel and they were really checking in and they and they realized they had to cancel. And so immediately you saw the airline industry have impacted the hotels, the restaurants, and, and we were in shutdown mode. I remember it wasn't until the 1st of June that restaurants were allowed to open up again. So, right. you know, at that time, because we do so much marketing to visitors to bring them here, to sell Denver, to sell Colorado, um, we decided uh, to focus on the community. So. Uh, what we did first was really help the restaurants. We started a to-go Denver site where we had uh, almost a thousand restaurants sign up so that we could tell residents where you could get your food and try to keep them uh, you know, afloat. And then we worked uh, with a lot of our cultural attractions to do some virtual type events to make sure that they're getting the word out. So I would say really a good part of 2020, we focused on the community. Of course, for us, we took care of our staff first and tried to make sure that they were taken care of. But then aside from that, we, we really tried to focus on what was best for our, our uh, industry and our community. Yeah, and you mentioned in 2019, it was $7 billion, the revenue from visitors, correct? Correct, and an all-time high. All-time high. So what did that look like in 2020 for our city? Well, you've heard of Armageddon. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, um, you know, just to give you an idea, there were almost 600,000 people that weren't able to come here for a convention that we would normally have had. So you just think about the magnitude of that. And um, it, it was a complete shutdown. And, uh, you know, I think we saw it at uh, Denver International Airport that no one was flying. The international flights were shut down. So um, it, it was uh, something I'd never seen. You know, being in the business as long as I've had, I have, uh, I've seen three or four recessions, lived through that, feel like I can add value when we are in our deepest, uh, darkest moments. But I have to say this was this was something I would never have thought about. And, and quite honestly, it, it was a little bit of uh, fail forward, you know, just do the best you can. Yeah, I think about the deepest, darkest moments and some when I talk to other leaders in the community, I think we all can agree that we've learned something as leaders through this. So when I think about your job, which is enormous, what leadership lessons have you taken away from the pandemic? You know, that's a really good question because I, I agree with you, Laura. You know, we if we don't take away something, then then you know it was truly wasted. And uh, I think we we that's what we should get out of this. But I think the first thing is the importance of communications because I think when we saw it that we had to communicate to our people who were going through their own professional and personal issues at the same time. Uh, so we, we felt our number one concern was to take care of our employees and communicate and over communicate with what was going on. We're a very interpersonal, a very uh, uh, people driven business. So all of a sudden we had to become a virtual company. So we had people at home worrying about their jobs, worrying about their families. Uh, you know, daycare, school. I mean, it was just, it was 
overwhelming. So communications. Uh, and, the, and then I think the other lesson that we learned about leadership is, uh, is innovation, you know, fail, fail forward. You know, you plan, you, you practice it, um, you put, you implement it, and then you determine if it's working. And if it's not, you know, there was no beta testing in 2020. It was pretty much you get going and you see if it works. Yeah, yeah. Richard, you mentioned as we were getting started here, you know, the Denver that we all know and love today is is really only, you know, 30 to maybe 40 years old when you think about the amenities we have and things. And if you can look into your crystal ball a little bit, Richard, what does our city look like next year? You know, are we all the way back? Do we have, it sounds like people have the appetite to vacation. It sounds like businesses have the appetite to get back to their conventions. What are you seeing and what, what do we look like a year from now? Yeah, and probably this gets a little more technical, but my business, um, to make Denver a, a great uh, destination for visitors, we really have three market mixes. Uh, we have the leisure traveler that, you know, is obviously the, the families and people who want to come out and, and visit you for, for fun and relaxation. Uh, there's the convention and meetings industry, and then there's the business traveler. And that's part of the reason why Denver uh, was so harmed, especially downtown, is because um, we lost the convention and the business traveler pretty pretty heavily. Uh, so next year, to give you an idea, we'll still be a little bit in transition. Um, what we're seeing right now is the leisure travelers ready to go. They want to get out. They want to do things. The business traveler is a little slow to come back right now. Uh, we're seeing more of the independent business traveler on the road again. Uh, some of these corporations have travel restrictions, so they're lagging a little bit. On the convention side, uh, same thing. We're seeing the meeting planners are saying, let's go, let's book our business, but they need the attendees there. So we're going to see that kind of ramp up. So 2022, we're looking at, you know, probably getting closer to 80 some percent of where we were in 2019. Probably by 23, uh, we're going to be pretty darn close to where we were in 2019. I'll tell you right now, being close to 2019 would be a banner year <laughs> because yeah, 19 yeah. was phenomenal. Well, since we have you captured and you know the city better than anyone, we're going to ask you a couple of fun questions and get your take on a few things. So if you could spend a Sunday wandering aimlessly downtown what three or four things would be your favorite things to do, where to eat, what to visit? You know, I think that, uh, you know, certainly uh, in Denver, you know, I have 1,200 members, um, <laughs> you know, so I try not to pick and choose. But I, I think, you know, um, our living room is is the Denver Union Station. So I think what I would probably do is uh, probably spend a little time on my breakfast at maybe Snooze. And I'm a big mm -hmm. um, cyclist. I like to bike and get out. So I would probably rent a bike. And, uh, you know, that's one thing people don't realize is, you know, we have 850 miles of uh, bike trail around this city and the, around the metro area. So, you know, from there, you can explore so many different areas. So, you know, I love the Confluence Park area. Um, and then you can head out uh, into all different directions. So I would I would probably make it a you know kind of a, a Denver touring type of a, type of activities on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what's your what's your favorite little known piece of trivia about our city? Do you have like a go to like fun fact for people? I am definitely not the historian here, so you know, kind of take it for what it's worth. But sure. um, you know, over the years, I've always heard about the first cheeseburger. I've heard about the first Christmas uh, lights and all that. 
but I think if you really look those up, they're gonna we're gonna struggle with those a little bit. But but I think um, I always love the fact that we have the longest continuous street in the U.S., uh, which is our famous Colfax. And I love the fact that um, you know I heard about Colfax when I moved here, you know, years ago. <laughs> And, and I love the fact that they're they're doing things with Colfax on all ends. You know, there's really a big restoration. So it's kind of in some really hip and cool places popping up um, and probably the the highest paved road in the U.S. You know, those are those are biggies that I think um, sometimes in my business, you're in the S, you know, biggest, best, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. highest, whatever. So I think those are two of my um, favorite trivia. Well, what, one more um, work-related question. It's coming on the heels of a couple uh, successful things. It's sports-related. Uh, you know, we're a great sports city. I, Deb, I've always said I had an internship at Nine News when Ron Zappolo was there. And, you know, Denver's been a great sports city since the 1960s, basically, maybe before that. Um, but we, we were coming off the heels of this super successful CONCACAF Nations League soccer tournament in town. Um, we, we kind of fell into the, the Major League Baseball All-Star game this summer, which is super exciting. Talk to us about what those things mean for Denver when it comes to the sports side of things and how that translates to then making Denver more of a world-class city than, than, it, than it already is making a name for itself. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it's funny as I'll just, you know, put it together with big events. We are big, we are good at big events, but on the sports side, especially, you know, we've hosted the men's final four, the women's final four, the hockey final, you know, the NCAA hockey final four. We've done most of the all-star events. Uh, interesting about the MLB uh, is that we did, we hosted it in 1998 and we were actually on track to bring it back. So we, the, when it falls in our lap, the reality is we had a bid in there and they were going to announce us shortly. So when this happened, they called us and said, since you were ready, would you be willing to do this? But to your point, Jim, um, these are events that I think we have to realize is first and foremost, they create huge economic impact. They bring people in again that, that generate economic impact, that create jobs, that generate that pay taxes, you know, taxes that we don't have to pay. So um, it also puts us on the world stage quite often. So if you look at the media that we got around CONCACAF, it was phenomenal. Um, it also, um, I think people know we are bidding uh, on the 2026 World Cup. And um, what, what is required there is really, it's one sport, one stadium. So we have the stadium and it is really well known and, and um, they love it. So these type of sporting events uh, will generate a lot of economic impact and exposure for Denver. And again, I think the one thing that sometimes I like to say too, is when I got to Denver, you know, restaurants weren't open on Sunday. Uh, there were a lot of things that weren't happening and tourists really softened that up. Uh, um, Senator Hickenlooper was on our board for 14 years and he used to say, um, you know, 75% of my business is locals. The last 25% make or break my restaurant. And I think um, that's important for people to realize is that visitors allow us to be successful as businesses and then we as residents get to enjoy it. But uh, yeah, the sporting events are, are great. We, we have a lot going on in that world and uh, people, people know we're a sports town. That's awesome. Yeah. So obviously we like to end each one of these with just a call to action, what people can do that are listening to give back, to help, to contribute. You mentioned the locals, the residents. As a resident, what can I do and other people 
in my position do to give back to our great city right now? Well, well, one of the things that's happening, I think we see it across the country, is um, workforce. We're having a real issue with workforce. Um, if for some reason, you know, the the we still have a high unemployment. I think back in 2019, we were roughly 2%. So, you know, we had a low unemployment. We have a lot of jobs out there, you know. So the first thing I would say is if you want to get into our business, you know, take a look at us because I think... Um, people really don't realize the breadth of what you can do in our industry. And when you start to learn this uh, industry, you can go anywhere in the world with it. Um, you know, you see people who start out with Marriott uh, and, you know, Marriott has programs where they'll send you to college. You know, they, you've got great health benefits, all that good stuff. And then if you want to live in Italy, you can work for Marriott in Italy. So <laughs> first of all, look at our industry. Second of all, I'm just going to say this to residents right now because we're having a hard time finding workforce. Be patient. I know there's a time that we're all ready to get out, right? We want to go eat. We want to go uh, to the attractions. And sometimes we're frustrated because the server's not there uh, right when we need it. And we're waiting a little longer. That's the reason. The reason is we don't have the workforce. So I would, I would offer everybody be patient uh, because the people that are there, we got to thank them because they're probably working double shifts. They're probably handling more. These restaurants and, and hotels have gone through the hardest of hard um, you know, implications because of the pandemic. So a little bit of patience as we go forward. Yeah. Celebrate uh, being back out, but be, but be patient with it as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a, a great conversation. I wish we could continue, but we always try to keep these things, you know, uh, a digestible 20 minutes or so. So thanks for all you're doing to get us back on track uh, as far as, you know, being that world-class city. And um, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for uh, highlighting all the great things in the city because uh, we appreciate it. And I know um, you have entertained a lot of people over a very tough time. So thank you. Such a good conversation with Richard and, and, you know, one of those that it's that industry that kind of impacts us all in some way, whether we have family coming to town or, or whatever. And, um, I, you know, to, to think about one cool thing relative to that conversation, um, I got to go to a Rockies game uh, this week and it was just really, really cool to hear, you know, the sights and sounds and, and be out and about in downtown Denver on a hot but very nice night uh, in Denver. And it was cool to get back to that, you know, that scene of, of baseball baseball and people yelling cold beer and things like that. So. <laughs> you never thought the crowds would be the cool thing in your life, but hot and crowds together are pretty cool. Awesome. Well, if you like what you hear, please um, follow us, listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. But most importantly, if you know of an amazing leader in Colorado, someone out there doing incredible things for our community, drop us a line and let us know because we'd love to talk to them. Thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.